0: I seen Jesse in the gym working the fuck out too, boy, getting in shape. He know if he win the, because you know he got a chance he can win. white dudes like to do shit like that, vote for the wrong dude as a goof. They get drunk and shit and go in there and say, let's vote for Jesse Jackson.
1: (laughs) I just voted for Jesse Jackson. The next day they would be like this, he fucking won? you know that shit can happen. He get in shape. I seen him running around the track
0: and shit. I said, why the fuck you getting in shape? Like this, he said, because I'm going to be the first black president. I had to get speeches like this. My fellow Americans, As your president, I feel that we keep them must get together and join hands. Are you watching these motherfuckers in the back here? Because I don't think they're too happy about this shit. I'm going.
2: This is Sick and Wrong, America's number one source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by the Reach Around Foundation.
3: Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, e Simon. And uh, unfortunately, Lance Wackerly is not in the studio tonight. Uh, Wackerly was called on special assignment to uh, go to another prison or something. So as luck would have it, we have a special fill-in host tonight here in the studio, good friend of mine, a guy I used to work with on the past when I used to do the uh, Rampage Radio Metal Show, but I believe his name was Hot Carl back then, but since uh, in the past few years, the name has changed to Captain
2: Carl.
1: D, What's how up, are Captain? you tonight?
2: How you doing there, Captain? I'm doing pretty good, feeling a little tired, it was a long flight to get over here uh, this yeah. afternoon, but... Off-duty now, kicking the feet up here in the studio. We're going to um, On short notice, no less. Very I, very short notice. I was actually... Um, kind yeah, of were, were you
3: doing anything tonight when I called you and I was like, hey, you know, Captain, I need you. I know you're in town for the election, and I knew you are going to be here for a while. So I was like, can you fill in for the show tonight? Did, did it catch you off guard?
2: It caught me extremely off guard. I was at home watching a um, French movie. A French, French movie? Yes. French comedy. Communist- a French movie. Blame it on on Fidel is the name of this movie. It involves basically a young girl's parents in the 70s, Paris, France, that become uh, caught up in the communist movement. Is it porn? Is there nudity? I wish it was. You know, I'm not going
3: to watch a French film if there's no nudity.
2: Unfortunately, no. There was a lot of... Six and seven-year-old kids, subtitled. little girls. School very subtitled. Okay, so was...
3: so I interrupted your French viewing, your French film viewing experience to come on Sick and wrong.
2: Yes, you did.
3: You well, you know power. it's it's great to have you here, Captain, and uh, it's good to, it's good to be on the radio again because remember when you used to come in it's, Rampage it's been Radio? Quite a time. It's probably been about five
2: years, at least five years. Yeah, but back then it was hot, Carl. It was hot, Carl, back then. But you know, I've been busy in these past five years getting my. Uh, Credentials in order, so that I can take to the friendly skies and, um, and uh, yeah,
3: becoming a pilot. So now you know, it's it's Captain Carl, much
2: more worldly these days. Well,
3: dude, once you become a pilot, we're gonna have to talk to you and uh, find out about how many stewardesses you've uh, trolley dollies. Yeah, what, what trolley we, dollies is what we call
2: them above.
3: Uh, is that is that the professional term? Like if you're in the it's, industry,
2: it's altitude based. Altitude uh, based. On the ground, you basically to them as Sally, Jesse, flight attendant, the regular whatever. names. But once you get up in the air in the cockpit that it's they trolley, become dollies. trolley dollies
3: but what are the what about the stewards we well, we don't really deal with those guys very much <laughs> you just I'm, ignore them. in
2: my, uh, in my airline there
3: no so the real reason i got you in here actually uh, be on the show tonight is I had to bribe you you know and it's funny too because before I when you used to come to Rampage Radio you used to have to bribe you with beer well this time to get you to come on Sickerong, I had to bribe you with a bag of shitty weed
2: again things have changed for me
3: <laughs> and but it cracks me up though because you called me earlier you're like hey you got any weed and I was thinking captain you know so many people out here who are stoners how come you couldn't find any weed good question
2: But it seems that um, it's just not available for me at this time, except right here in the studio.
3: Yeah, the the bag of oregano. Doesn't that look like oregano? I'm not sure that it's weed. Yeah, well, I smoked it before. It's not that bad. But you
2: You also smoke salvia.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah. I I didn't sprinkle any salvia in there, so don't worry. Good deal. You know, I'm not going to, like, make the captain trip out when he's doing a training flight or something. (laughs) So, Captain, you came in town for the election last night. A historical moment in the um, history of this country and since this this the first time in the history of our nation that we've ever had an African-American as a president. And, you know, to be quite honest, I was shocked. Of course, I voted for Obama, but I was really shocked that he won. It kind of restored my faith, what little faith I had in this country. I mean, the past eight years, we've had just these inbreds that were the majority that voted for this, you know, this, this idiot to be the president for the past eight years. And look what he did. Just ruined the country. He's ruined the world. And now, finally, there's change. There's hope. And I didn't think it was going to happen. I thought this country would only vote for an old white man to be president.
2: And I'm, I'm, I'm glad and surprised as well. But, um, yeah, we it, did it.
3: It's, you know, and I, I think we're going to usher in change. I don't, And that's the one thing. It's like I think everybody's kind of caught up in this hope gnosis, this whole, like, you know, hope hysteria with Obama. They're like, you know, he's the savior. He's going to bring about this change. Right. And Obama even said that in his speech, his acceptance speech. is like, you know, it's going to be a long, hard trip. And I think he's kind of like proven to people that it's not going to be an instant change. And I think that's what I'm worried about is that everyone's like, you know, he's filled people with all this hope. And if they don't see, you know, returns within the first like five months, everyone's going to be like, yeah, he sucks. He lied to us. Nothing's going to happen. So I do hope he's able to deliver at least on some things.
2: I'm certain that he will you know, get to work and start you know, implementing his, you know, his, his, his plans. or his plan- with- Exactly. Well,
3: And you know, but- the thing is, it's not just Obama. It's his cabinet, his administration. Absolutely. So I think whoever he brings in will be better than anyone that McCain would have brought in, including Sarah Palin. So thank God this country did not put her anywhere near the I White House. I heard she's going
2: to be in Playboy next month.
3: <laughs> that actually would probably be a good Wouldn't career move sell? for her.
2: That would sell thousands of copies.
3: Oh, dude, no, that would it's, sell millions of million, copies.
2: Yeah. If, she, if she did
3: a spread in Penthouse or Hustler or Playboy, I mean, they, yeah, they would cash in on that. So, so you came back here because you registered to vote in San Francisco. And uh, where where are you living now? East Coast or where? Where's the flight? School? It depends
2: on the day of the week. Yeah. Okay. So you're yeah. like kind of all around. I'm all over the place. But home Sometimes base. in Canada, but I like to call San Francisco home when I can.
3: So home base in San Francisco. Yeah. You're registered to vote here in the city. So where, when did you vote yesterday?
2: Yesterday afternoon. I woke up from a nap. I was pretty disoriented because it was dark out. We just had a the time change. We set the clocks back. Yeah. So we're flying, I'm not I mean, quite used to that. And like my schedule is all over the place as it is. So it was about 5 p.m. when I woke up. So
3: did you vote somewhere down the Tenderloin?
2: Uh, yes. Because you live over here. Yeah, yeah exactly.
3: And so, uh, yeah, you know, my polling place was actually right around the corner on Ellis, which is like just a street filled with crackheads. Did,
2: were they voting as well?
3: You know, I don't know if the crackheads were really voting, but they were walking around screaming, Obama! Obama, motherfucker! And I was just like looking at him like, yes, you can. Get a job. Because <laughs> Obama just proved it, dude. You can become president if you try hard enough. That's right. Now, I was like walking by there just thinking that, yeah, yes, you can get a job. You don't have to sit around on your ass in your disgusting, smelly clothing, smoking crack all day. Right. You could be president of the United States. Free, free crack <laughs> for life if you get in the presidency. Exactly. Right. No, so so you went and voted around five. Was it? You know, people kept saying it's like the it was the largest voter turnout in history, any recent election. So people were saying like get there early, you know, vote absentee to avoid all these long lines. So how long do you have to wait? How long did it
2: take you? Zero, no wait, not at all. Um, You just walked up there and voted. I walked right into the place. Um, It's in a medical building that's you know not used after hours. Walk in, take the elevator to the basement. Um, It's a fair sized room. Could those might have been. Ten to twelve kiosks, and the rest of the people were sitting at a table. You so, just, did they, did you get to vote with a machine? You insert the cu- ballot into the machine when you're all done. But no, oh, okay. So they didn't have like,
3: oh, it's a paper yes. ballot. You had to fill in with a marker. Yep. Okay, you know where where do they vote with a machine? Do they still do that? I heard Ohio. Okay, so Ohio does it, yeah. but the, but the machines could be faulty.
2: They say they've worked the bugs out these days, but I've yeah, never I even seen know. a machine.
3: So I had to vote on a, a provisionally because I didn't actually, my dumbass didn't re-register my address, so they didn't have me. Um, they had my name, but they had me at the wrong address, so they made me fill out like three forms. The lady's like from China, so she, she, I don't even think she was a, like a, you know, a, a, an actual citizen. So I was just kind of looking at her like, well, what am I supposed to do here? And, and I mean, it is kind of cryptic. It's like they give you three different documents, and they're kind of like hieroglyphics, all these you know, like little bubbles that you're supposed to fill out, and just all this data, and it's like in four different languages. So I'm looking at this thing, just like, okay. And I basically had to re rewrite my address in there, and then they gave me the the polling sheet itself, and I had to go through and uh, vote on it. And so what I, what was interesting? I mean, it's I guess yeah, I voted the last election, but I, you know, it's four years; it's a long time. I'd forgotten that uh, you have to vote for all these, like, propositions
2: and all this stuff. There was the longest ballot, or I should say four ballots, I've ever had to deal with. Yeah. Everything everything under the sun was um, under question.
3: And and at the end, that's when you vote for, like, you know, your elected officials. So it's like at the very end, after you get through all the propositions and all the uh, miscellaneous, then you vote for the elected officials. And then there's, like, all these, like, you know,
2: supervisory board officials i right. never even heard of. Did you vote for them? Well, by the time I got to that point, I didn't care anymore. I'm like, that, that name sounds cool. Done. Yeah. You're know, like, like, oh, what, what is this person's profession right now? Oh, garbage truck, you know, attendant. But I'm worried Great.
3: about doing that because I don't know if the guy's like a Nazi. I don't, you know, I, yeah, they I don't know anything about is. the guy.
2: <laughs> well, in San Francisco,
3: you never know. But
2: you know what's also confusing is the ranked choice voting. What 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 is that? Well, there'll be there'll be the the one position to be filled, and there'll be three columns of names. Now the names aren't necessarily consistent throughout the three columns, but you essentially pick your first, second, and third choice.
3: Oh yeah, okay. So you could pick multiple names. Correct. See, I just picked one, the one name that I thought sounded funny. Yeah. You know, and then that's kind of what I did. And enough. You could pick three.
2: I don't understand how that works. You know, if one if, if there's if, if, if there's a tie, then they go to the second column and add all those up.
3: Yeah, you know, and make I'm, a
2: choice from there. I'm I'm really
3: not quite sure and not to mention I don't really care. Like I didn't try to find out the next day who won, you know, the school board supervisory committee. You know, I, I couldn't care less. But the propositions kind of cracked me up. Like there are a couple propositions that were getting a lot of um you know uh, media attention such as prop 8 which, um, uh-huh. I don't know, if, if, if you don't read the news, Proposition 8 was a proposition that was going to ban gay marriage in California. Recently, California amended the Constitution to say that uh, gay marriage is, is legal. Well, so then, I don't know, a couple uh, Mormons and some uh, Hispanic people decided, no, you know, we, we can't have gays marrying in the state. So they, made, they, they put together this Prop 8 that people were going to vote on. And believe it or not, I can't believe that passed. It's, you voted it, no on Prop 8, I voted you, no Captain? on Prop 8.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's silly to, to not at this point. Yeah, exactly. People are Who people. Cares? You Who cares?
3: Who cares? You know, it's like misery loves company. If you want exactly. to get married, and enjoy the wonderful world of divorce. They're going to get divorced go. anyway. But, but the thing is, I was surprised that uh, that many people, and I bet you most of the people, majority of people have voted yes on Prop 8 or Southern Californian. But I imagine, I was just surprised that it actually passed. I mean, it was slim. It was slim. What, but, was, uh,
2: what was the uh, margin?
3: Uh, what did they say? They said um, 52% of voters had approved Prop 8. It's so only 52%. Right, so... Yeah. So, you know, 52 to 48. So I, I imagine we're probably going to see another proposition, you know, to... Well, uh,
2: the, as of today now, there are three lawsuits pending against the passage of Proposition of Prop 8. 8.
3: Well, what about all the people that have already been married the past few months? Are their marriages nullified now? Apparently they're
2: nullified. Health insurance revoked.
3: Well, you think that's going to probably cost the city a lot of money. So Prop 8... Was, uh, was passed, and now gays cannot be married in the state of California. Proposition four, on the other hand, was one I'd never heard of before. It, it, this, so, this is a prompt that would require physicians to provide 40, 48 hours of notification to the parents and guardians of minors who wanted to get an abortion, which I didn't even know about that one. Yeah. So, yeah. of course, I voted no on that. Did you vote no on I that? I voted no on that as well. I mean, seriously, if you want to get an abortion, it's like you should be able to get an abortion yeah. anytime you want,
2: it's your body. I mean, seriously. Go do what you want to do. I, like
3: I've that. always considered it to be a form of birth control. If you ask me, for some it is, and and, and it very well should be. But so, uh, Proposition Four was actually denied, so now people don't have to notify their parents. So it's business so as business as usual. You no can just change. Go straight to Planned Parenthood, they'll whip out the coat hanger and get business in there. Will be and taken care of. There you go. Now, one of the propositions that we discussed here on the show was Prop K, which is the uh, prostitution measure, which was going to decriminalize prostitution here in the city. And that lost
2: by 16 percentage points. Did you vote on that? I did vote on that. And I voted no. I, I was one of those ones who did not what? pass it. Yep, you voted yep. no? The
3: captain voted no on that. Captain, you are no stranger to prostitution. <laughs> I, I don't understand
2: this. Well, give me your reason. All right. The reasoning was, and you know, it was a kind of a whimsical event for me yesterday. Doing You the weren't high. Too. Oh, wait. You didn't have any weeds. No, no, no. <laughs> I, didn't get, I didn't get the weeds. I got to the studio. However, I did hear a pretty good... Um, interview on the uh, npr earlier this week about so it was so and such and such sheriff of so and so okay so some local and he basically sheriff. brought up this comment that just stuck with me as i'm sitting there in the polling place with my marker in hand he's like so what if you know down the street from you know the, the you know the parents are calling because their kids are outside playing and you got all this prostitution happening in this house and people coming in and out and, you know, it's just it's not good for the neighborhood. And then there exactly. was there was various other things that just kind of led me to believe, like, well, if it's legal here. Then we're going to have all kinds of more tranny hookers walking around my neighborhood. Well, in, you know, in addition to how many there already are now, like, you know, I, that is
3: a valid point. And people also brought up the point that uh, sex traffickers is going to enable that was another to, point uh, raised. To, uh, to to traffic and sex. And, you know, and exploit young you know, minors from different countries. And so and that's a valid point. But I, you know, I felt that this proposition basically was defending girls who you know, work on the Internet, girls who work on their own, girls who work for a pimp and are you know, frightened to go to the police and say, you know, uh, you know I'm a prostitute because they think they're going to be prosecuted.
2: Right. That's so, a good point as well.
3: But then again, you know I'm a big fan of the brothel, so yeah, I couldn't care you know, less about the families
2: on the streets. Like, I think it's, it's actually like, a little bit more exciting to do it when it's not legal. Yeah, I I guess you know, like, once it's once it's decriminalized, what fun is that? Like smoking weed, if you you're go to the store gonna, and buy a carton of get, joints, you know, you're still gonna have to go to the doctor to get the ointment anyway.
3: <laughs> so Prop K, which we discussed here on the show, did lose. So prostitution is not legal here in the city of San Francisco. No, it was just for the city, correct? Yeah, just yeah. for the city. And then finally, my favorite proposition, which I'm really bummed that it, it totally, like, completely failed, was Proposition R, which also I had never heard of, which would, which would have renamed a city sewage plant, the Oceanside Wastewater Treatment Plant, to the George W. Bush
2: Sewage Plant. Which I think would be hilarious. Did you vote yes on that, But I Captain? voted no on that.
3: Why did you? <laughs> <Okay>. Jesus, <laughs> Captain, I'm about to kick you out of the house and take my weed back.
2: Here's the reason. Um, apparently, apparently, this particular sewage treatment plant has an outstanding record and it does a super good job. So the reason it its reputation. The reasoning behind it is like, why you know, why, why penalize a bunch of people who have to go to work there every day and do something really good by naming their place of work the George W. Bush piece of shit treatment plant?
3: Wow, how selfless of you there. Whereas whereas my view on this was completely selfish. I was like, it would make me laugh to hear George W. (laughs) Bush's name connoted with sewage. I was like, it just kind of works. But if you you put it in that light, think about these people who go there every day, work at their job, obviously didn't vote for Bush. And now it's like, okay, well, now we got to go here and, you know, tell people well, I work at the George Bush treatment plant. Yeah.
2: Well, do you you kinda, you're kind of making me sad I didn't vote yes on that. But um, I think we're going to think of something even better to name after George W. Bush.
3: Yeah, I could, you know, I, I, I think we should maybe name like instead of outhouses from now on, they should just be called G.W. Bushes. Exactly. It's like I gotta go, in, you know. It's like I ate too many burritos. I'm gonna go hit that GW Bush over there. I gotta
2: take a GWB. Yeah,
3: I think. So all in all, and uh, you know, so you know, there are various propositions. There are some other ones that were kind of boring. And it's interesting to, to, to feel that you know our votes actually count.
2: And, now, uh, now, on your list over there, do you have the actual letter of the proposition that dealt with the farm animals? In their that um, was
3: proposition two.
2: Okay, and that passed, yeah. correct? That
3: passed, it, which uh, I think that one allowed. The uh, farm animals a little more leg room, like they got to sit in right. business class before they got slaughtered. It, it,
2: this, to some degree, you know, these animals that are being harvested, essentially, you they know, they can
3: turn around now. In their now cages. they now
2: now the hen can turn around or maybe even get out of the cage for like three minutes a day. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: So so anyway, so so after the voting, you went out for election night, and that's when I, I think people, especially fans in other countries, didn't, didn't realize unless you watched it on TV, it was insane. People I have never everywhere. seen. I have never seen this much excitement over a presidential election my entire life. I You're, mean, this is
2: insane, dude. Neither have I. It
3: was like partying, like it's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, it People, was. A, I, 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 like, where did you end up going, Captain?
2: Oh, I ended up down on the mission. I ended up over to the Kilowatt Bar for the. Uh, oh, but bay- you hang out with P Town and uh, Skyler. Uh, yep, yep. Those are the part of the characters that were there. And Wackerly, Wackerly was there yep. last
3: night. I love how Wackerly goes to that, but he can't show up to the podcast. True, and special I've- assignment. Well, you know, Inspector Wackerly. I'm suspecting he's that go part of his
2: mis- part of his misery at the moment is probably due to the party last night.
3: Yeah, I imagine he's kind of hungover. He, you know, I spoke to him today. He's like, "Can't do the podcast. Got to go to prison tomorrow." Yep. And he was just in such a yep. surly tone. I was like, "Okay, Wackerly, I'm going to bribe Captain Carl." <laughs> With weed, shitty weed, to come in here and do the podcast filling for you. So yeah, it's like okay.
2: Mm-hmm. So so was
3: it off the hook? I mean, a Kilowatt was it There's insane. There's people
2: everywhere. I've never seen so many people in that particular room before. You couldn't move. It so was. So
3: what was going on? They had TVs like just showing the returns. They had
2: um, you know, four or five nice flat screen TVs, which are standard issue at the place. Um, all broadcasting the election. I forget the channel. <clears throat> um. They were serving up some mush from some restaurant in the back, which everyone was stinking up the place eating, and they had free beer until... Uh,
3: so Wait, what kind of beer were they giving
2: away? Stella. They were giving away
3: wife beater. Wife Stella. Be- exactly. For free.
2: Now, you had to be really committed to getting a Stella in order to receive one because it was four or five people deep, oh, okay. sweaty, Everyone's pushy clamoring to try to get a exactly. free beer. Ah, oh, God, bastard! So I actually went across the street and purchased a small bottle of uh, liquor and Stuck brought it back, it back in. in the bar. Now, that's
3: American ingenuity right that there, was Captain. A, that was
2: a big hit. So, uh, you guys
3: hung out. What what happened when they finally, like, McCain had the concession speech? You saw that Obama came in with, what was it, like 338 electoral votes, like 140?
2: Yeah. I mean, the, he doubled it, the, man. It like, was yeah, a dub- landslide. Exactly. Now, does that constitute a landslide, doubling your opponent's oh, electoral yeah. now, votes? Oh, yeah. this was a landslide. Okay. I
3: mean, especially in light of recent elections. I mean, the past two, yes. which were so close. I mean, not Kerry's wasn't as close as, uh, as uh, a Gore, but I mean, but Obama's, I mean, they, they, it was just amazing to see like Obama just coming in like 338, over 300 electorals. Right. You're just like, and once, <clears throat> once you got Florida, which Boy, totally surprised that's, that's, me because Florida is like, you know, I've always considered Florida to be like the hanging dick of the nation. You know, it's just like, look what, well, look what they did the last two <laughs> elections. You know, that's where uh, Bush <clears throat> managed to steal the election. That right. state, that state finally voted for Obama.
2: And once that state turned blue, I thought that's the nail in the coffin. That's like, it. Like, it's, it's all over. over. And then you know they give him the whole West Coast a few minutes after yeah, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's like and
3: then projected win. It's like he's not going to lose California. He had Fifty-five electoral votes in that California
2: right. too. And that was it. It was over. Five minutes later, McCain was on stage in Phoenix giving his concession speech,
3: which, which that kind of cracked me up because so McCain headquarters in Phoenix was like the was he was on like a balcony of some hotel or something? The Biltmore
2: Spa Hotel.
3: Yeah, the, he was like outside of a hotel. And my favorite part about it, I actually found McCain's speech to be more entertaining than Obama's. Obviously, Obama's was more his acceptance speech was more impressive, but McCain was just so—I don't know—I just found it so gratifying looking at the uh, the shots of the audience of McCain's like at McCain's uh, speech, all these just depressed, frowning rednecks. Like, these rednecks were so upset. It was
2: great. They are bewildered. Like, how could this have happened? Dude,
3: there were some guys with, like, handlebar mustaches crying. Absolutely. No, dude,
2: it was great. I thought John McCain was holding back the tears. Like, the tone in his voice, he kind of... Wanted to let go, and... but he
3: took the higher ground. That guy's a real mensch. You could tell, like he, the, the way he was, like uh, composed and was saying, "You know, I'm going to support Obama. We need everybody to stick together." And then everyone started booing. Yes, like when he was like, "We, you know, it's a historical achievement to have the first African American." And then everyone starts booing. And he's like, "Stop, stop already." Yeah, and it's like you look at these people and you're like, "That's you, bitch. You got him. You got Bush in there the last eight years. It's like so now. This is what you get." A black president. That's Enjoy. A- <laughs> no, seriously. It was, it was interesting. And then, like, uh, Obama's acceptance speech was in Grant Park in Chicago. In front of how many hundred thousand people? It was insane. Oprah wow. was there. Oprah. Jesse exactly. Jackson was there. Yeah. Jesse Jackson, who called New York Town.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he, he was in
3: there crying and I, uh, I mean, it was, everyone was misty eyed, but people were just, I mean, it was insane. Like I would have loved to have been in Chicago for that.
2: Oh, it, it would have been great.
3: Do you, I mean, do you remember going to Grand Park?
2: Oh, I've been to Grand Park many times.
3: Yeah. Like I was, I was stunned. It was just, mm. it was kind of cool to see that's the city where Obama's coming out and giving his right. acceptance speech. And well, I mean, it was a pretty cool speech too. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely
2: was. Yes.
3: And, and finally, you know, after so many years, we actually have a president who can speak, you know, isn't that kind of amazing? It's yeah, complete it's, it's, sentences, right? The, yeah, you know, profound can, thoughts,
2: more than one at a time.
3: Yeah, a, a, he's comprehensible. Absolutely, he it's, it's amazing. So, yeah, you know, and you know, I think that that alone made me want to, uh, you know, vote for Obama. But so, but my question here is that people kept saying the fact that Obama won proved that race is no longer an issue, which is hard to this argue. Country. You know, it, it's difficult to argue because, you know, I thought race, you know, was going to be the overriding issue of this election. I thought it was race and sexism, obviously. And I, I kind of figured that's what was going to lose the election for Obama. But people kept saying, like, you know, race was an issue, the fact that he got elected. Dude, do you see, did you see it was like something like 60% of white people voted McCain? I did not see that stat. 96% of black people Voted for Obama right. and like something like and I think this is what swung the vote. It's like sixty seven percent of uh, Latino votes
2: voted, for, voted Obama. for Obama. Absolutely.
3: So it's like yeah, the minorities backing Obama. But I mean the fact that and, and and that's the thing. It's like you look at the middle of the country in the South. It was all red because
2: that's where all the white people live. Yeah, exactly. But if you look at all the urban areas, I mean you can take take the state of Texas for example. George W. Bush's homeland, um, where he's going to go return to and hopefully maybe die. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Jan, Jan, whatever the day after he leaves office. But uh, if you look at that state, which is massive, it's all red with the exception of every urban area. Yeah, like Houston, Dallas, and Houston, Dallas. Houston, Austin, San Antonio, and on.
3: Well, that's because that's where all the black people live.
2: That's right. They they don't live in, you know, buttfuck Egypt, Texas. they don't. (laughs) So, like, you know, once you get out of the urban areas, you know, you've got gun racks, roadkill. I mean, you pick up trucks. You have a completely different demographic than you do within the urban areas. And and those are the people that were voting for Obama. And and
3: like on uh, CNN.com, you can get all these different, they have maps of the nation where you can actually go to the state and look at the counties. And you can see, like, there are little blue spots. I mean, in every red state, there are like little blue splotches all over the place
2: And it's typically all the
3: urban in the areas The urban areas But so my question to you, Captain Carl Is now that Obama, you know, he's a, achieved and a monumentous, you know, achievement here
2: Becoming the first black president
3: Do you think he's going to be assassinated? Do you think there's going to be an attempt?
2: Wow, that's a good question, D Now, in the back of my mind And with, with yourself, Wackerly and several others Over the past, say, year or so We've discussed this briefly <laughs> But to, it's on it's on the back of everyone's. But, mind. Um, you know, he could be that unpopular with the, you know, radical enough group here in the country to um, you know bring well, that upon. I've
3: heard, though, that the uh, the Nazis and the racists have said that uh, and the white supremacists have said that he actually kind of helps their cause. He aids their cause because he's basically giving race consciousness to um, the, the, the populace because now people are saying, OK, well, if there's a black president. He's black and, you know, black people are all, you know you know, they were in, in allegiance to Obama. It's like, he said, now white people will kind of gather together. This is what, in their twisted, convoluted mindset.
2: So it's, it's, they're they think it's going to contribute like, to the racial divide. Like a, like a reversing of the, like, the racial minority, the, now all of a sudden...
3: Well, no, they're going to say that now This white people are going to perceive this as a threat, and now they're going to say, you know, it's it's great that you have a black president, because now, now they're going to see that black people are in power and white people need to reunite to form their own power. Right. That's what they think, which... In actuality, I think it does go to show the fact that, he, that white people, Hispanic people, and black people, Asian people, all voted for an African-American president. I don't think race is as much of an issue anymore. And that's why I don't think there's going to be an assassination attempt on him.
2: I think that's a good way to look
3: at it. Well, I, the, re, the main reason I think so, it's like, I think even the, the, the people who, are, who probably would assassinate or would shoot a black guy are like, you know, he's got to be better than Bush.
2: Because they know, didn't I, like Bush I either. don't see how anyone could really, yeah, that's... You know? That's typically the truth. But now, what? I mean, the, how, the, the amount of organization that they would have to, you know, come up with to, to carry out an assassination. Well, exactly.
3: You can't, like, like, with Robert Kennedy, like, you can't just march into a speech and just, like, blow the guy's head off. Not anymore. Not
2: anymore. Not at all.
3: I mean, now it's like, yeah, it either have to be an inside job. Or, uh, which could happen.
2: That could Or, um,
3: or yeah, I mean, you'd you need to, like, really, like, be organized right. and have to
2: come but, up with, like, a, a complex plan. But I think this country is so fucked up at this point that everyone just wants someone to take care of it. They, they just want to keep their and, jobs, and this guy And this guy spoke the loudest and was the most convincing, so now we're all going to sit here and be like, all right, get it done.
3: Yeah, you know what the thing is? It's like, you know, what an achievement, first black president, but it's like, dude, look what you just inherited. That- the largest recession in history, over a trillion dollars, Two wars and, uh, you know, unemployment a, rate
2: that's, got, that's keep going, rate going up. Is, that keeps going up. Nobody like, has money. Nobody has credit.
3: If you ask me, I think John McCain probably was kind of lucky. He got off lucky he's not probably, having to deal he's with like,
2: it. He's like, I can go up, sit by the pool and relax. The,
3: now, the one, the one question I'm going to lay this issue to rest. I mean, I know uh, people were partying. People got wasted last night. I got kind of drunk. I ended up going to a, a bar downtown. And yeah, I mean, people were just, there must have been like 700 people out in Union Square blocking oh. traffic. Oh. You know, with their signs and everything, yeah. everyone's getting wasted. But the one thing that I'm, and this is the last point I'm going to make about it, I've, you know, I kind of had two expectations for president. I was thinking if, or two predictions. Let me, let me restate that. Two predictions for, uh, for both presidents, for both president elects. If McCain would have been elected president, I predicted that he was going to blow Vietnam off the map. I figured, you know, after like all the torture that he went through and the glass shards that were shoved in his dick hole, I figured he was like, you know, right when he's president, he's like, okay, first thing to go is going to be Vietnam. So I figured, you know, if you want to check out Vietnam, you should go before he's elected. And my next prediction, and this probably won't happen, but in, I don't know, my skewed mind, I would love for it to happen. I kind of hope Obama, once he's like sworn in on January 20th, will all of a sudden turn gangsta. (laughs) <laughs> like, I hope the next day he shows up wearing a big gold chain and a gold grill. He's got and was grills, just like, boo-boo. Yeah, he's just yeah. like, look who you elected, motherfucker. And then, like, in the Oval Office, big hot tub, bunch of hoes, big booty hoes. How, how great would c- how that be? How great
2: would that be? He'll start making vi-
3: rap videos. He gets, yeah, he starts making <laughs> rap videos. He names like Puff Daddy to like uh, one of his cabinet members. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Wu Tang Clan. Well, he will have
2: like a, a national holiday for Biggie and Tupac. Oh, uh, dude,
3: could you imagine? Yeah, it's like you don't have to go to work on how the day Biggie was slain. How great would that be? No, that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping will happen. I, you know, chances are slim, but if it did happen. I would be proud to be an American. Well, dude, I think he's a
2: pretty hip guy, and maybe you're not going to get the full blown. You don't think I'm going to get the grill, you know, I a I don't gold think grill, to get the champagne room? But you might get, you know, a couple little um, a couple barbecues,
3: a couple at the days White House.
2: off, a couple days off of work for some special events.
3: Okay, all right. You know, I mean, that might work as long as if we get a holiday for Biggie and Tupac, I'm happy with that. So uh, this is episode 147 here of Sick and Wrong. And, uh, you know, I'm really happy to have uh, Captain Carl here in the studio, especially on short notice. Thank you, Carl, for coming down.
2: Good to be here, Deep.
3: And uh, you're, you're a fan of the show, so you know the way
2: the show is. I've works. listened to it once or twice. Yeah, so
3: it, it's kind of good. that You can just kind of fit in and uh, just sort of just free fly with me at the helm here. It's yep. kind of like being yep, in the yep. cockpit.
2: Seat backs up.
3: Yeah, you're like the assistant pilot this time. Put away. So a quick recap of last week's show, episode 146. If you recall, I did a story about a short order cook who uh, wiped his ass with a the the bun of a cop's cheeseburger. A wackily sent in a story about a mugger who didn't have a ski mask and had to uh, kill the uh, the, his victims and force this mother and son to have sex with each other. A listener sent in a story about a Australian hot poop Sunday. Uh, Believe it or not, Wackerly won. I I can't believe this. He won two in a row, 104 votes. I came in second with 78, and the listener came in distant third with 41 votes. So uh, Wackerly won the case of beer, and uh, since he's not here today, I'm going to have to get it for him next week. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Uh, Wackerly and I, this time it's going to be Captain Carl and I, comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week, present them here on the show. Audience votes, winner gets a case of beer. Throwing a wild card with a listener submission, which you can send to Stick and Wrong Podcast at hotmail.com. Before we kick off this show, uh, Captain Carl, I, I don't know if you listened to the episode a few shows back where someone sent us in, uh, actually Soccer Mom from Tennessee sent us in some actual genuine Tennessee Back Mountain Moonshine. I'm
2: aware of this, D.
3: And so uh, Wackerly's been drinking it steadily over the course
2: of uh, the wants past a show, shows. show something like that, but,
3: right? But so, uh, you know, I, I, as a, a token of my gratitude for you being on the show... Why don't you do a shot of moonshine? You ever do moonshine before? You know
2: what? I I had done it once. This was back in Michigan, summertime. Um, Friends of mine worked on a uh, cement crew. They they actually do highways, big cement works. So it was a seasonal job. And one of these guys from North Carolina brought up some of his own moonshine. So we were fishing out in the pond, drinking moonshine. It wasn't bad. Did you get drunk often? Oh, yeah, pretty instantly. It was um, nasty shit. They actually found the guy dead next to is still the next winner.
3: The the guy, wait, the guy that you were drinking with?
2: Yeah, the guy who actually made the moonshine.
3: Dude, Uh, he probably like put too much ethanol in it or something. Yeah, he he, he OM'd. Seriously, yeah. (laughs) He overdosed on moonshine. Well, why don't you have a shot of it? Didn't I pour you a shot already? Oh, yeah, there you go. Check this out. This stuff is the gen- the real thing. It's not a
2: sippy. It's not a sipping drink. It's huh? not a
3: sippy, but, that, it, but at the same time, it's a pretty large shot, so feel free to do half of it. I don't, I don't want you passing out at the helm here, Captain Carl. You, you don't drink that shit before you uh, fly a plane, do you?
2: Oh, not usually.
3: That's a good thing. Yeah,
2: it's pretty... Um,
3: Harsh, to say the least. Medicinal. Yeah. <laughs> but it does the trick, and I yeah, think I'm that's be- why the hillbillies like I'm it. I'm
2: warm and fuzzy.
3: Uh, Captain Carl, let me uh, kick off the show, episode 147, here with my story. Uh, Captain, you don't have any kids, do you? Not that I know of, D. Not that you know of. All right, that's a good thing. So you you probably did not go trick-or-treating this year.
2: No, no trick or treating for the captain. Yeah,
3: do, do people go trick or treating in urban areas? Like, do you have any trick or treaters stop by your your apartment? No, not by my apartment.
2: No, nope. I did see trick or treaters, though, on my street.
3: You know, it's totally different. And I think, uh, you know, I don't know if they trick or treat. I mean, most, most other countries don't celebrate Halloween. I know Canada does. I don't know if they go trick or treating there. But, you know, where I grew up in Michigan. Trick-or-treating, I mean, it's something you look forward to yes. every year, especially as a kid and especially as, like, kind of a fat kid who like candy. It's like you get a whole, you know, pillowcase full of free candy. I mean, it was one of my favorite holidays of the year. But then, like, after the age of what, like 12, you're done? 12,
2: 13, I think you got to hang it up.
3: 12 or 13, yeah. 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 But, I mean, so when you trick-or-treated as a lad, did you go out? unescorted like were you allowed just to go out with your friends or do you have to go escorted with your, with your parent
2: at a certain point i was allowed to go on my own with my friends my younger brother so like at eight. what age like eight nine uh, let's call it ten nine or ten i think i was about the, ten yeah maybe, maybe ten, ten. Or eleven eleven. Yeah. but
3: i wasn't allowed to go out for like three hours i think i was allowed to go you know a couple canvas a couple blocks mm-hmm. and then come back home but i always thought in my mind you know it's God, my parents are really trusting of the community. Because think about all the pedophiles, all the serial killers. All the razor blades and the candy. The ra- well, they always checked the candy when I came back home, which I was kind of suspicious about that. Yeah. My mom would take like the Butterfinger and the Reese's Pieces and be like, oh, you can't have that. Yeah, and where like, do they go? Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, where, where or, are the needles right. in that? Right. right? I saw I'm, the wrappers
2: in the trash the next well, I day. I always used to yeah. say,
3: like, I'm willing to risk it. You yeah. know, for the
1: Reese's Pieces, you know, I'm, I'm willing to risk it.
3: Do you ever get an apple? You know, occasionally I did, and I usually threw it back at the house.
2: <laughs> Never eat the apple, kids. That's how they stick the razors in. That's it. how they do it.
3: But so, you know, but, but but my concern is, as a parent, if if I was a parent, obviously I'm not, but if you're a parent and you're letting your child go out alone, would you let them go to every house? I mean, every house that has a light? Would you be a little concerned about that? I, I guess maybe I'm, I'm yeah, very distrustful. I mean, right,
2: every neighborhood has, like, that weird guy, you know? The one who, you know, you see him, like, in his underwear, staring out the window. Or He's the Cub Scout leader, yeah. the yeah. Scoutmaster. <laughs> <Captain>, Cap- <laughs> <laughs> Cubmaster so Rick. Don't
3: let him go to Scoutmaster yeah. Rick's house. Just
2: don't go to the pink house, okay?
3: <laughs> but so, uh, you know, this applies here. My concern applies here to uh, my story from uh, Sumter, South Carolina. A, trick-or-treater's, uh, a trick-or-treater was gunned down. While trick-or-treating at a house. It, this is, it's, a, it's incredible, this story. It blew my mind when I read it. So here I'm going to do it on second wrong. Slain trick-or-treater's dad says boy saved him and his other son. The parents of a 12-year-old shot to death while trick-or-treating said on Monday they hope that the man accused of killing him suffers for the rest of his life. Little T.J. Derisaw died Halloween night after police say a convicted felon unleashed a barrage of bullets from inside his home, pumping at least 29 shots through a closed door in the front of his house. The boy's father and brother were also wounded. Basically, this guy unloaded a magazine from his AK-47 at this little trick-or-treater. Yeah. He didn't stand a chance. Police said the suspect, Quentin Patrick, only 22 years old, opened fire with an AK-47 because he thought he was being robbed. The family went to the home because the porch light was on, which is a signal that trick-or-treaters are welcome. Two of the three siblings went to the door with their father. They were wearing ghoulish masks at the time. Uh, the parents said that the slain boy was determined to get candy first. He was a greedy bastard. So he was in front when the shots were fired. As soon as he rang the doorbell, he was met with a barrage of bullets. So what blows my mind, the guy thought he was obviously paranoid. I'm thinking he is probably a meth addict. But who has an AK-47
2: these days? Loaded, ready to go at the ring of the doorbell.
3: And, and not to mention, he didn't even open his door. He shot through the door, through the yeah, house.
2: It does. Like, we used to yell trick-or-treat, so they knew <laughs> we were there. You know, yeah, like, what, what did this kid yell? Was that the fatal mistake? Yeah, well, I mean, Not kids, yelling it.
3: Got any cash? You know, I don't. I, you know, <laughs> stick I don't know. them up. And me is wearing a ghoulish. How bad was this robbery before? And what? And what robbers come to your front door? You think they come a- in and the back the way? Ring the doorbell. Yeah, <laughs> and wearing a Halloween <laughs> wearing mask good, on Halloween night. And were Twelve years old. I, I don't know, but yeah, I, I guess this uh, this dude thought he maybe maybe he was like a post traumatic stress disorder or something from Iraq. Unleashed just uh, twenty nine bullets.
2: That is a lot.
3: Uh, The father here, um, Freddie Grinnell Jr., said that TJ saved us that night. He took most of the shots. Poor kid. He probably just like, I mean, he was the first in line. He probably was just unloaded on. Uh, When the shooting stopped, the door swung open. Quentin Patrick stepped out, AK-47 in hand, and said, Oh, shit. <laughs> Truer words never spoken. I mean, seriously, what else would you say at that moment when you see the father cradling his son who was just riddled with bullets from your AK-47? They cut him
2: in half, essentially. I mean, yeah, essentially, dude. This kid that, was just, and how ghoulish was he then?
3: Yeah, peppered with holes. My God. A Grinnell says, I was holding my son while he's bleeding, and Patrick just kept backing out of the yard. Uh, Gwinnell and his other son, who was also shot, were treated for minor injuries and released from the hospital. Patrick, um, the, uh, the shooter, was charged with murder and three counts of assault and battery with intent to kill. He was denied bond this past Monday. He cried and wiped away a tear as the charges were read. He did not enter a plea, and a lawyer has not yet been assigned to his case. Apparently, Patrick has a pretty lengthy criminal history. He's been charged with evading police and a string of drug crimes since he turned 18. And this kid's only 22.
2: That's incredible. So in the
3: past four years, um, he's really been turning his life around here. He was sentenced to three years in prison, but was released early under a program for first-time offenders. Prosecutors have not yet said whether they'll seek the death penalty. But um, the chief of police here says that she recommends that they do. TJ's parents said they want Patrick to suffer a lifetime behind bars. Uh, his, the father said he doesn't even want an apology. He says, I'm sorry he doesn't bring my kid back. I want justice. Uh, Meanwhile, he continues to relive the nightmare of the shooting. He says, I see the same thing. We're just standing on the front porch for a second, and then all hell broke loose. It happened so quickly. It's like a Rambo movie. The trick-or-treating will never be the same for this guy again. Think about the other
2: kid. Oh, never,
3: ever. What's the other kid going
2: to do now? That sucks. It comes Halloween. Every time he gets like a Snickers bar, Mm -hmm. he's going to think of bullets. But dude, tearing you know, his brother in half.
3: I, you know, I don't know the casualties on Halloween. I'm sure it's kind of high. Like, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm not quite sure the stats on that. But, you know, I, I'm, there's a lot of violence that happens in those two. Devil's Night, the night before Halloween. That's and only Halloween in Detroit, night. though. Yeah, I guess it's only in Detroit. But do you remember when you were a kid, though? Did you go out on Devil's Night? You know, we did. We what? did. I mean, I've
2: lit. I've lit things on havoc. fire before. Yeah, you know? I mean,
3: Detroit burns. Don't people light houses on fire.
2: You saw the movie Eight Mile when they mm. run into the abandoned house and burn it down. That that happens every, every year. year in Detroit. I did it once. Well, you're from Detroit, yeah. So
3: yeah, imagine as as a kid, that's what you do on Devil's Night. I don't know
2: why. Because there's so many of them. I don't know.
3: They're it's abandoned crack fun. homes, you yeah. know. It's just kind of fun to go out and you know cause some havoc. But I mean, we used to do the same thing. We used to make Drano bombs go out and get wild. And I mean, this year on, uh, I, I guess San Francisco is a bit <sighs> different. But this year on Halloween was kind of a good time. Ended up. Uh, well, what did you end up dressing up as there? Oh, I Captain? wore my uh,
2: work uniform. Oh, you
3: wore your your pilot yeah, outfit. Yeah,
2: I was all in work gear. Always working.
3: I did the Alex uh, from Clockwork Orange, which was surprisingly original. I didn't see a single other person dressed Oh, dude, that Orange was character. one of the better costumes I've seen. It's just because of the jock strap.
2: Especially on you, because I can remember one time I saw you wear a pair of blue jeans. Mm-hmm. And other than that, it's Once. all black. It's all it's black. It's always black, yeah. However, this Halloween, you were dressed in all white. Yeah, yeah. Decked with out cane. all white. With the, with the and cane. And a jock strap.
3: And a bowler hat. So. Um, I imagine it must have been quite the
2: surprise. I was very surprised.
3: <laughs> so uh, on the sick and wrong star scale, dude, this kid was trick-or-treating. Completely innocent. Did not deserve to be ramboed like that. I mean, it's like, what, what is this, like a Chuck Norris movie?
2: You know, D, I'm like, I, it's one, how many? One to five, right? Yeah. Now, considering that the guy was probably sitting there in a dark house with a loaded gun pointed at the door. Just shaking. Ready, ready for someone. to go as soon as the doorbell rang. I'm going to give that a five-star. You're giving it five? Five I'm, stars.
3: If he was able to gun down the father and the other son and the mother that was waiting in the car, I would have given it a five-star. But uh, the fact that he only actually really killed just the kid, lowering my score to 4.75. That's it, still a pretty good score. It's still a pretty decent score. We'll, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. Captain Carl, you found your own story. What, what did you bring in here for episode 147?
2: Okay, sick and wrong, folks. What I have here is um, a bit of a shorter story and a few little fewer details, but I think the caption at the top here sums it all up. Andover man shot with crossbow, beaten with bat, run over, burned. Jesus, dude! <laughs> now, yeah. now this happened in Minnesota. A very thorough <laughs> murder there, <laughs> or a very uh, committed to living type of guy.
3: Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly, dude. And it's just like how many times do you have to kill yeah. the guy.
2: Yeah. So this happened in Minnesota, where, by the way, uh, D, they're still contesting the uh, Senate race. Oh, you know, between, Al Franken between Al Franken and I forget the other guy's name.
3: It cracks me up that Al Franken, who really doesn't have any gubernatorial experience whatsoever, no. I mean, does he at all have any? Po- he's friends political with Bill experience Clinton. Yeah. But, uh, but he was on Saturday Night Live. He so he's Saturday actually considered for a right. Senate position. Actually, I hope
2: he wins. He's a smart guy. I hope he wins. It's kind of the land of uh, election mockery.
3: He's just a weird-looking dude, though.
2: Similar to California.
3: He, he's one of those dudes, like, you know, if you're fucking a chick <sighs> and you don't want to blow your nut too early, think of Al Franken. You Frankin. think of Al Franken, You're Frankin, not huh? going to bust your nut, dude. Uh, no, usually I think of Seinfeld, but my backup is Al Franken. All right.
2: Well, okay. So the story goes... Gruesome details and accusations of embezzlement are laid out as two siblings are charged with killing their brother. Also charged was the girlfriend of one of the siblings. When authorities arrived at the farm in rural southwestern Minnesota at 1 a.m. Thursday and asked Elizabeth Elizabeth Hawes about a large illegal fire, her response was... (laughs) That's not my brother.
3: <laughs> Wait a second. Okay. She, so, she, so this woman just basically admitted guilt.
2: So Let me read this again to you guys.
3: Apparently, people in Minnesota
2: aren't all that criminally right. minded. Right. When authorities arrived at a farm in southwestern rural Minnesota at 1 a.m. Thursday and asked Elizabeth Haas about a large illegal fire, her response was, that's not my brother.
3: <laughs> okay. So she basically was just like, we just killed a guy out there.
2: Yeah. It's a bunch of leaves. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not my brother, okay? That's not a human
3: body. Right. There's no teeth in there.
2: But, ah, D, hold on. But dental records indicate that the skeletal remains in the fire pit did belong to her brother. So she Edwin was lying. Haas, 46. She was lying. Filthy, wretched liar. The same brother whose siblings Elizabeth and Andrew Hawes talked about killing several times in front of Elizabeth's husband, according to court documents released on Monday. Okay. So they, they talked about this. In a plot allegedly involving accusations of embezzlement from the family business, Elizabeth and Andrew Hawes left little to chance, according to a complaint filed in Anoka County District Court. Before Edwin Hawes' body was burned, Anoka County authorities believed he was shot in the chest by a crossbow at his Andover home, beaten over the head with a baseball bat, (laughs) run over, and then taken across the state, where his charred remains were discovered at Andrew Hawes and his girlfriend, okay. Westbrook Farm.
3: Don't mean to interrupt here, but who the hell owns a crossbow?
2: Uh, I know a guy that owns a crossbow.
3: Is he like a, a renaissance fair man? He's Greek. He's Greek?
2: Well, seriously,
3: I guess if you're a hunter, like a redneck, maybe you own a crossbow, like Ted Nugent. But, yeah. I mean, but seriously, like, who owns a crossbow?
2: You know, I think kind of the, the, ec- the eclectic target shooting uh, person may do so. Can, can
3: you kill somebody with a crossbow?
2: With the bolt? Okay.
3: Yeah, the ball. Well, no, apparently,
2: apparently, you can't in Minnesota because the you need you <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in Minnesota. You,
3: so in Minnesota, in order to kill somebody, you got to use a crossbow, bash their head in with a baseball bat, run, run them over a few times. Right. Maybe you know. I think they're just really thorough in Minnesota. Perhaps they're bored. Yeah, they're bored. Oh geez.
2: Okay. Oh geez, he's
3: still alive. We got to run him over. Yeah. Oh geez.
2: Okay, so the rest of the story goes. Elizabeth Hawes, 43, and Andrew Haas, 36, were charged Monday with aiding and abetting second-degree murder. So was Andrew Haas' girlfriend, Christina Marie Dornden, 29, who, like Andrew and Elizabeth Hawes, was found by authorities at the fire. Probably so, with marshmallows and hot dogs and <laughs>
3: stuff. <laughs> the, the fire was kind of like the last straw there. It's like, okay, we, we know he's dead now because we just burned him to a crisp. Right. Right. But so it was a brother, sister, and brother's girlfriend. That killed their brother. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So a family affair.
2: Yeah, they're being held by the authorities at this point in the Anoka County Jail. If convicted, each could face a maximum forty-year sentence. Forty years. That's right. Now, the blood found in Edwin Haw's driveway, on his home's exterior and the undercarriage of his Volkswagen Passat, was fresh when discovered by authorities last week. Uh, then, then that kind of wording breaks down here. But the tension between the Haas siblings was several years old, said Mark Miles, Edwin's employer, for the so past 18 months. This had
3: been an ongoing this was. This has been uh, brewing. Okay, been brewing over the years. And, they, and right. so the, brothers, the brother and sister, the siblings, suspected the older brother of uh, embezzlement. Exactly. And so they decided to exact some revenge here. Right.
2: So Elizabeth and Andrew Haas believed Edwin had embezzled funds from the family landscaping business. Said Lieutenant Paul Sumner of the Anoka County Sheriff's Department, a claim that Miles substantiated. So basically, the guy's boss says, Yeah, he was stealing from your grass cutting enterprise. Go shoot him. Yeah, it's like, him, go, go, run him over. <clears throat> go him. exact
3: some Minnesota revenge here. Absolutely. Jesus, dude. Yeah, it, it amazes me. So, you know, to, to rate this story. It's like, it's, it's not that uncommon that embezzlement occurs and, uh, you know, that someone would murder somebody over a large sum of money. It's actually quite common.
2: It's very common, right?
3: But the extenuating circumstances surrounding this story are that it was a family affair. I mean, it was a brother and sister who murdered their older brother. And not only did they murder him, they murdered him four times over. You know, I'm, for, for the sheer it's, creativity, I'm going to have to give this, like, I think I might have to give this,
2: a 4.8. That's a pretty good score there, D. It's,
3: it's pretty high. I mean, just the <clears> fact <throat> that they used a crossbow. If they didn't use a crossbow, I probably would have given it a 4.25.
2: Okay. Now, D, I'm gonna, I'm, I want you to reconsider your score based on the fact that it was actually five methods of murder employed. Okay, wait Crossbow? Crossbow? Baseball bat. with bat. Run over. Run Correction, over a car. It's four.
3: Okay, so four. So yeah. that's, that's what I'm saying. But four, I mean, is definitely more than enough. Jesus. So what are you giving it here, Captain?
2: Well, I'm curious to know just how much money was embezzled.
3: Yeah, actually, you know, that's because, a good you point. Know, if
2: it was like $100,000, that's a lot of money in Minnesota.
3: But, does that, does, but does, does that basically mean that you should be able to bash the dude's head in, shoot him with a crossbow, run him over your car, burn him to death? I can't even think of thing. Apparently,
2: <laughs> if he's your brother. However, it's not stated the actual amount of money that was um, actually stolen. I suspect it's probably 500 bucks. I give the story a four. You're, you give it a four. I give it a four. Even less than I yeah. do. You know, there's not that many details um, really involved with this, as okay, I said.
3: What if he, they would have burned him and then dipped him in a vat of acid?
2: If, if the sister, <laughs> and he was if still living. If the sister <laughs> peed on him to put out his charred skeletal remains, that'd be 4.5. Then it would be 4.5. 4.5 at that point. You know, it can but,
3: always be worse. We'll, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. So, uh, Captain here, our listener submission from this week comes all the way from Canada. Long-time listener... First-time submitter.
2: That's right next to Minnesota, isn't it, D? Oh, yeah.
3: He says, hey, I'm a longtime listener, and I never really felt the urge to send in a story before, except that this nutcase actually lived on my block.
2: No shit. So I think he
3: kind of knew that this murderer here was his neighbor. He says, I live in Edmonton, Canada. It's the same place that the hockey bag full of compost worms murderer came from. I think you guys did that story on a previous show. You know, I forget the stories. But yeah, that one sounds kind of familiar. Uh, This new murder just happened. The story itself is pretty long, but I swear to God it's worth a read. So far, he lured men to a garage where he was living with a -a to-catch-a-predator-style ruse. He tortured his victims so he could get their Facebook passwords. He killed this dude while wearing a gold goalie mask. He was in the process of making a Star Wars fan fiction movie. He was a big fan of Dexter... And he uh, was reported to love motorcycles, computers, and get this, Elton John.
2: Well, how diverse guy?
3: Never trust a man. Never pass out around a man who likes Elton John. Ooh. And to top it all off, he wrote all of his shenanigans down and put them in a fucking film script, which the police have. You'd figure they would skip to the last page to see where the body is, but I'm not about to tell you how tell anyone how to do their job. Anyways, big fan of the show, and I look forward to hearing the new episode. Horatio. Thank you, Horatio. For uh, sending in this story. Completely bizarre. I didn't even find this one. And like we had like three Canadian fans send this one in. Do you watch Dexter? Captain? I've seen
2: I've seen quite a bit of the show Dexter all the way through the second season.
3: You know, I, I've watched the first season, I've watched the second season, I've watched two episodes of the current season, and I must admit I'm chagrined. It's it's kind of like it's become now like a romantic Horror, drama, You kind of see that coming. and Dude, what, he's getting married. He's having a kid oh, is on the he? way. Uh, Little baby Dexter Jr.
2: You know, eh. What I, don't, happens, I don't know. See, what happens with these shows is they have a formula. They adhere to the formula over and over and over again. But,
3: dude, they built so much suspense in the first two seasons. That I mean, was great. You're riv- it was riveting. It's like you, you got to watch every episode. It's a great show, but what's interesting about it, he has a particular technique when he murders somebody.
2: Yes, that's very true. It's a ritual, true.
3: almost. Yes. And uh, the, the guy, the, uh, the, 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 per- the murderer in this story, emulated that technique, down to a T. Just like it's pre- Dexter. It's, it's pretty amazing. Filmmaker charged in bizarre killing. has happened in Edmonton, Canada. An independent filmmaker has been charged with killing a 38-year-old man who was lured to the filmmaker's garage three weeks ago on the promise of a date with a woman. Got to watch out for that. To a garage. To a garage, So, yeah. I, to, so like, I would actually
2: have to walk up the driveway, go to the back of the house. And, and walk
3: in the garage. Knock like,
2: Yell trick-or-treat to avoid getting shot. Just,
3: just come into the, the dark garage in the dark house <laughs> with no light on. Come closer. <laughs> no, I, I'm just sitting in the garage on a couch. Police have seized a script from Mark Andrew Twitchell, 29 years old, that they say contains scenes similar to the real-life assault of one man and the murder of another. Johnny Eltinger was reported missing after he showed up at an Edmonton garage that police say Twitchell used to use to make his movies. Investigators still haven't found Eltinger's body, but they say they have enough forensic evidence to charge Twitchell with first-degree murder in connection with his death. I guess uh, they they recovered this script during a search warrant, and the script Mm -hmm. was about a killer who lured a male off the internet off a dating site on the pretense that he'd meet a sexy girl. Once he was in the garage, he was knocked unconscious and duct taped to a chair, much like Dexter.
2: Much like Dexter.
3: Dexter wraps him in plastic wrap to a chair and then uses the scalpel to cut their their cheek. Uh, The killer character in the film then forced personal information out of his victim, including bank account numbers, passwords for uh, social networking sites, which he used to contact the victim's friends to make everything seem like uh, the situation was fine. Oh,
2: so he was covering his tracks by maintaining... Dude, that, you, uh, you
3: got to admit, these Canadian murderers are intelligent.
2: Uh, finally,
3: according to the script, the attacker then decapitated the victim. His body was chopped up in little pieces and disposed <clears throat> of. So apparently, in real life, Altinger, Johnny Altinger, who was lured to this garage, uh, his friends received an email three days after he disappeared. The email read, I've met an extraordinary woman named Jen who has offered to take me on a nice long tropical vacation. We'll be staying in her winter home in Costa Rica. Phone number to follow soon. I won't be back in town until December 10th, but I'll be checking my email periodically. Uh, The person who wrote the email was definitely not Mr. Altinger.
2: The friends suspected that right away.
3: Uh, Friends knew that, and police even suspected. Three days after the email, Altinger's page on uh, Facebook was updated. It appeared that his it appeared to his friends that he was in Costa Rica. You know, it's interesting to me. Like, how would
2: you know if your friend was out of town? Like, how would you know that I was out of town? I might have talked to you beforehand, or I would talk to someone. You know, we both know they would mention. But, I mean,
3: I guess you could call or send a text message or something. Right. Which, which I'm surprised that his friends like try to keep updates on their buddy by looking at his Facebook. Well, it's Canada. I mean, they don't have a. Uh... They don't have cell phones they're in not, Canada. They're not up to speed, apparently. <laughs> they don't have to like rely on Mounties to ride uh, to and from each exactly. other's homes. Uh, police said a week before Altinger disappeared, a different man was lured to the very same garage under similar pretenses. I guess this man showed up dressed for a date, wearing his finest gold shirt and permed hair. Permed hair. You know, it's uh, believe it or not, this is quite typical of most guys who date off of Craigslist. You the, tend to have permed hair But seriously the, the way this This reporter makes this article sound It makes it sound like It was Larry from Three's Company Showing up at this dude's house <laughs> Thinking he's gonna like Meet this sexy chick What well, did he have a gold yeah, shape, like, a Bunch right, of chest hair Right the know? rug's
2: hanging out It's half unbuttoned
3: <laughs> uh, We believe he was set up By a profile that was not a female it was a fake female When he went to the garage He was expecting to meet the female But instead he ran into a man With a golden hockey mask <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I'm, I'm not even making this up. The man wore a black and gold goalie mask made popular by hockey netminders in the 1960s. He attacked the man wearing the gold shirt. I would have loved to have seen this. They have since recovered the mask and said they believe it belongs to Twitchell. The victim was able to break free, run into uh, the street while being chased by the male in the hockey mask. A couple was walking by and saw the entire altercation. But believe it or not, they haven't been able to track down the man with the gold shirt and the permed hair. But they think they could use him as a witness I would think so so after uh you know you know police um ended up uh suspecting twitchell um they 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 the uh na- the witnesses complained they said that there's some kind of strange things going on there they uh, went over there, they interviewed him, they found him to be suspicious, got a search warrant, found the script, and uh they found enough evidence to charge him with first degree murder this past Friday apparently they say uh uh, he is an avid fan of the TV show Dexter, which centers around the life of a fictional serial killer who hunts bad people. Uh, uh, Twitchell liked Dexter so much that he changed his Facebook, um, his Facebook name to say Mark has way too much in common with Dexter Morgan. Uh, they say uh, that they have a lot of information that suggests he definitely idolized Dexter. And a lot of information they tried to emulate him during this incident. Uh, police say that Twitchell acted alone. Apparently, the the, the story ends here with some information about poor Johnny Altinger, who was the victim here. He was an unmarried man who worked in a pipeline uh, quality control. His friend said he loved motorcycles, computers, and Elton John. (laughs) Um, Dude, just because you love Elton John doesn't mean you deserve to die. Not really. Uh, One of uh, Altinger's friends said he was also interested in things new age and was taking clinical hypnotherapy classes.
2: Well, that was was it right there. So apparently
3: Dexter killed a hippie, which is probably a good thing. Uh, Altinger often sought the company of escorts, said one friend. Um, I know he used to always go on the website Craigslist and uh, hire different ladies for an evening at a time. You know, it, it kind of has to be strange for your friends to find out. Like when, when you pass on, when you die or you're murdered and your friends find out all this personal information about you. Yeah. Isn't it just weird because you're, you're, you're just thinking in your mind that cliched phrase, you thought you knew a guy, you know?
2: True. True, and then you find out, you know, he he goes to garages He's a pervert. Yeah,
3: (laughs) he goes to garages to meet strange women. Yeah, to get a tune-up. And meets a guy wearing a hockey mask. (laughs) But but you know what, though? I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, if I ended up dying tonight or tomorrow, and, uh, you know, people look through my computer... Your guy's opinion of me would change completely.
2: I don't know that that's true. Well, maybe but, not.
3: You know, but, I'm, a you know, you you know so. I'm a sick bastard. You know bastard. But now, no, I'm saying the public at large right. would be like, yeah, this crazy, deranged pervert who did a show called Sick and Wrong with all these disgusting pictures on his computer yeah. just died. Well,
2: since we're on, the to- on that topic at this point... Didn't you once or twice in the past put a Craigslist posting out there stating you were someone that you weren't just to yes, see the types I've, of I've, responses I've, I you I would get? I think we
3: might have even discussed this on the show. But, okay. yeah, I put put together a couple false Craigslist postings yes. just to get us and see what kind of responses I get And one of them involved like a, uh, I, th- I think it was like a mother and her daughter wanting to have sex with a with a with an experienced fellow. And then once the guys wrote in, I said that the daughter had Down syndrome, which basically eliminated pretty much all of the candidates except for like the maybe ten percent of the really perverted, who were like, "How bad's the Down syndrome?" <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I think this guy who liked Elton John that died. I think he would have been one of the, one of the guys that said, How bad's the downside?" You think he'd
2: be there to the end? <laughs> she, <You> know? <laughs> so,
3: on the sick and wrong star scale, dude, this is a, an amazing story. This is a very good story. They haven't found the body. That's the only reason I'm not giving this See, five
2: stars. I'll tell you where the body is, though. Right? In the harbor? The ba- it's not in the harbor. I don't think they have any harbors in Edmonton, but there's a frozen lake up there. I'm sure <laughs> of it. And at the bottom of that lake, next to some old tree trunk, is chopped up poor Elton John Chopped up John,
3: John Altinger, yeah, yeah. Elton John fan over here. I wonder what Elton John had to say about this. So, But, but the fact that they haven't found the body yet, I'm not going to give it five stars. but I'm going to give it 4.75 just for the, the fact that it's such a bizarre story. I mean, dude, the, the golden hockey mask. Man with the permed hair. It's just like this has all the elements of a brilliant narrative. No wonder you <laughs> right. made a script well, I out I mean, of it.
2: Exactly. It's, our, it's, been, it's scripted. Now, I'm giving
3: it 4.75. What about you, Captain? Well,
2: I'd like to see it's actually made into um, at least like a – Made for TV movie. If yeah, not, it, it, like it, if not something in the theaters, but um, we'll have to wait and see about that. I'm going to give it a 4.5.
3: 4.5, pretty high score. Well, we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that. Go vote sickandwrongpodcast.com. You can decide who won episode 147.
2: Ring, 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 banana phone. Ring, 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 banana phone. Ring,
0: Are you drunk? Ring, ring, Are you horny? Ring, 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 Are you horny? Call the Sick and Wrong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Ring,
2: ring, 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 banana phone. Ring, 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 ring,
3: ring, People, we're nearing the end of the show here, and as usual, we get to phone calls to the Sick and Wrong Hotline and uh, emails to uh, Sick and Wrong Podcast at hotmail.com. We received a bunch of emails there, Captain, and we got a few phone calls to get to, so uh, we should just get through this right now. So let's play uh, phone call number one here.
2: All right, let's, let's have a listen.
1: What's sick and long? is Dead Six. just listening to your oh, this last guy show. Guy talking about uh, tracheotomy. That shit's gross. I hate anything that has to do with the throat. But what would be hot and sexy would be a trache colostomy. That's when you shit down a chick's throat who's got cancer to help her. <laughs> but,
3: so so this guy always calls in dead sexy is one of my favorite callers repeat caller always calls in with some creative sex move this time this just kind of sounds like just a really sadistic move so not only does it he's saying it's a what trachy colostomy
2: colostomy
3: so so not only does the guy is the guy dying of cancer has a hole in his throat dead sexy here saying you shit down the throat for a a colostomy, trachea colostomy. To help her. Add insult to injury. That's great. Well, my question is, how many girls does Dead Sexy date who have tracheotomies? I mean, it's got to be kind of, uh, you know, it's got to be kind of difficult to find a girl who has a tracheotomy. Craigslist. Yeah, I guess Craigslist yeah, you think you might could, I
2: think you could find this particular type of uh, person on Craigslist.
3: You know, I bet you Dead Sexy as a perm and a gold shirt and probably scours Craigslist for girls with tracheotomies. You very well could be right. It might be. I don't, You know, I don't know. Uh, well, let's go on to uh, call number two right, here.
1: Hey, sick and wrong. It's Jeff the Pizza Guy. Check it in. I'm high again. I have a little story for you. It's kind of sick and it's kind of wrong. Uh, on delivery, it wasn't a naked uh, naked person or anything like that uh but uh, delivered to this old guy in a wheelchair gave him his pizzas and all that kind of stuff and as he's trying to wheel back into his uh house his slipper gets caught in the door and it slips off his foot exposing a horribly horribly disfigured foot because it's purple, <laughs> uh, the toenails are encrusted yellow. I, I think he was diabetic or something. He was about to just rot and fall off.
3: That guy really uh, eat pizza. Oh, it
1: gets better. I had to help him put on his icky little. Oh no! He was, in, you know, he was in a wheelchair. He couldn't do anything about it. He was trying to, you know, kick it on by himself, and I was just standing there like a douche watching. Um. Yeah. So I, I put his little. Slipper on his awful foot and uh, left and washed my hands immediately. Uh, punching out.
3: Jesus, dude. That's like above and beyond the call of duty That's for a pizza quite guy. Terrible. Now, you know what? Jeff the pizza guy called in last week and uh, it was just basically like, I'm high, I'm stoned, I'm a pizza guy. And so we asked him to, uh, next time he calls back, I want to hear some pizza delivery yeah, stories because yeah. you know he has some. So uh, he, he uh, satisfied my request here by calling in this disgusting story. You know, I wonder, what, what I'm wondering about this, what kind of tip do you think he got, he got from this uh, wheelchair guy with the gout foot? Yeah,
2: well, D, I'll tell you, <clears throat> I delivered pizzas quite a while. So you've back back b- yes.
3: This, this is prior to becoming a pilot, right? You're this not is, doing that this now. This is way
2: before I took to the skies, um, and I have my fair share of stories.
3: Have you ever had to
2: do this, like put someone's shoe on their rotting foot? No, and I actually thought he said flipper when he said <laughs> slipper, but I, I find it appropriate um, regardless. No, I used to deliver cigarettes to a woman with an oxygen tank. Jesus, dude! What you were wait, pizza and cigarettes? Yeah, the pizza place was um, owned by the same guys who owned a party store because oh, like this was Michigan store. next door. Yeah. So you know, whatever they sold at the store could be delivered as well. So you used to go to her house. She's got an oxygen tank,
3: and uh, she's she's probably like one of those women you'd see at like one of the casinos at exactly. the Indian restaurant. Exactly, casinos.
2: exactly. So I'd go to the trailer park, to her trailer. She'd always say, "Come on in, honey. Come on in." <laughs> You know, she could have had a throat colostomy at some point. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, pack of basics and a pizza. Oh, Jesus, Or a, a carton. A carton,
3: 10 at a time. So, so, Captain, what was one of the worst experiences you ever had as a pizza delivery guy? Did you ever see, like, you know, open up the door and it's a big, fat, naked dude saying, Hey, man, yeah,
2: give me that pizza. I could go on for hours, but I tell you, I was almost killed once with a frying pan. Someone actually chased you? Chased me. Trying to get a free pizza? Chased me, swatting at me. They uh, threatened to blow up the, uh, the shop as well. By Did you throw the back, pizza at their face yeah, and I, run? Yeah, I peeled out and spit dirt all over them. <laughs> but no, there, were this, there was this one resident, the Sears family. And they insisted by paying with check every single time. Dude, who the hell takes a check for a pizza? Who pays with a check for a My pizza? My boss would for exact change. Nice. So this one particular day, and they would order multiple times a week, and it would always be me having to go there for no tip. One day maybe 25, 30 times into it, I deliver the pizzas and forget to bring the dorky dough. Was which, it, what's
3: that dorky dough? <laughs>
2: dorky dough was the uh, DeRozos Pizza's breadsticks.
3: Okay, kind of like uh, Little Caesars has the exactly. crazy Exactly,
2: just cut the dough into strips, cook it up. You know, you
3: know what, as, as if pizza isn't fattening enough, now I want to just eat pieces of, like, glazed
2: dough. Dorky dough, exactly. Yeah, dorky dough. So, um... Either they didn't put it into my, you know, my, my pouch to take with me, or I forgot it. I, who knows at this point? And I drive all the way out there. And this is a long ride, too. This was the extent of our delivery radius. Yeah, but you're feeding bovine America. Okay. You're doing
3: a service so, here.
2: So, you know, uh, I get back to the shop. They're like, you forgot the dorky dough. Go back out there. I'm like, fuck you. I am not going back to that sow's house.
3: Yeah, exactly, you know? dude. I would almost stood my ground there and be no. like, I'm, I'm not delivering the dorky no. dough.
2: It, I have to go do this. All right, fine. So, I'm cruising out there, 10 miles away at this point, or something to that effect. And, um, you know, I got this big old 77 Monte Carlo. That's when they had ashtrays in the car then. Oh, yeah. And I smoked back then. You know, you're on the road all the time. So, And the stress of the job. Yes, right. So, before I get to the house, I take the lid off the sauce and then open up the ashtray. And take the ashtray and dump it into the sauce. So,
3: wait—you dumped all the cigarette with the cigarette
2: butts or just the ashes? Well, usually I threw the butts out the window. Did you so stir the so it was sauce just up ashes. a little bit? Well, of course I did. So once I got all this in there, put the <laughs> ashtray back t- into the dashboard. You're a bastard. I took the Captain. cigarette I was smoking <laughs> and put it out in the sauce while stirring the <laughs> while ashes. Stirring in the ashes in the to sauce. a dark, uh, muddy brown <laughs> color. No so, complaints. So wait, you delivered it, and
3: they ate the dorky no dough complaint. with the ash sauce? They were happy as pie. Nice. You, you probably made their day. I think so. So, uh, so so what made you finally quit? What was the last straw? Were you just like, I'm done with this? You know,
2: yeah, we had a crash-up derby one night in the uh, parking lot in front of the place, and basically, my car was wrecked to and the so point where I just couldn't deliver it with it anymore. So basically, you're out of a job because you had no more wheels. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Such, such is the plight of a pizza
3: delivery right. guy. Well, Jeff, thank you for calling in and uh, sharing that fine, fine story. And I'm sure we're going to receive many more. And uh, thank you, Dead Sexy. People call the Sick Hotline, 206-666-3846. You'll receive a few other calls, but uh, I'm going to have to wait till next week because I know Wackerly is going to want to comment on a few of those. Oh, we also received some listener email here to uh, Sick and Podcast at Hotmail.com. Got one from Robert from Alaska. He says, hey, guys. I've been listening to your show for a few weeks now, but I fucking love it. I'm a big fan. Uh, Just wondering if I could be the official UPS delivery driver for the Sick and Wrong podcast. Uh, You're more than welcome to be the official UPS delivery driver, Sick and Wrong delivery driver. As they say, what can Brown do for you? Is that really their slogan?
2: That's their slogan.
3: God, Brown can do many things, as uh, people who've listened to the show found out. I'll start writing you with some of my stories. i think that I have more interesting experiences than the pizza guy, since people don't necessarily expect me within 30 minutes or it's free. You know, I, I wouldn't discount the experiences of the pizza guy, uh, judging by uh, some of Captain's stories we just heard. I will tell you that I have been offered drugs and alcohol, had the door answered naked, interrupted the afternoon delight, etc. My favorite's very simple. I have a large package for you. It seems innocent enough, given my profession, but I'm sure you understand the sick and wrong side of it. Until next time, as we like to say in Alaska, fuck Texas, Robert. So, uh, Robert, um, <laughs> we are dying to hear some of your UPS delivery stories. If you could do a favor, just call the uh, hotline, 206-666-3846, because it'll probably be easier than typing them out. And uh, we can just play them on the air for everyone to hear. But you are now the official sick and wrong UPS delivery driver. We got another email here from Tim who says, Hey guys, I've been listening to your show right from the start. Enjoy every episode. Last year I moved from Ireland to South Africa. So I often get behind, but I just finished listening to 140. Uh, you reminded me of something that happened a while ago when I was at college and working part time. This Australian girl who worked at the same store as me ended up in my place one night. We were both really drunk. And while we didn't have sex, we did sleep in the same bed. I hate when that happens. It's just like, dude, you, you gotta, you're wasted with a chick, Is this you a, is just this sleep a, in the same bed. Is this a pee-the-bed story? Um, I, I don't want to ruin it here. You know, it's, uh, you're going to destroy the climactic point if I, if I give anything away. But you, but, you know, have you ever been in that experience where it's just like you get drunk with a chick? Obviously, you've tried to make your move. She's rebuffed your advances, and then she just passes out in your bed? Yeah. You should be allowed to spending. jerk off on her ass. You can. Of course you can. But then if you get caught, they think you're like a, you know, a well, sexual deviant or something. They can leave. So, so wait, <laughs> is that the way you kick them out of the bed as you jerk off on them? Basically, I, I, go, I walk back in the
2: room take my clothes off, see what the reaction is. Okay,
3: so you're going to sleep naked regardless.
2: Yeah. And uh, go from my the- house, bitch. You can get the fuck go out. From the- exactly.
3: Yeah, Obama's probably doing the same thing right now. He says, at 5 a.m., I woke up soaking wet and realized I had pissed myself. My pants were wet and so were hers, and the sheets were as well. She was sleeping soundly, but the embarrassment shocked me awake. I realized I couldn't clean up without waking her, so I hatched a brilliant plan to cover up the accident. I thought if I went to get a glass of water from the kitchen, I could pretend I spilled it and thereby preventing her from discovering my dark secret. I left an empty glass next to the bed and got up to sleep the next few hours on the couch. I love that. He goes over with a, with a glass of water, pours it on the bed, and it's, then goes and sleeps on the couch. It's brilliant. I got up for work, leaving her sleeping. When I got back that evening, I found all the sheets in my washing machine. Having never had the chance to offer an explanation, I remained humiliated. Probably uh, didn't get to have her. You know, she almost deserved it for not having sex with him.
2: I agree with that. And, and I do believe you could have, uh, you know, aside from the water story, you could have just told her that it was her fault. Yeah, that exactly. she peed the bed. Th-
3: that's you, what I... I mean, I've peed the bed before and blamed on the You girl. blame
2: it on the other person. I mean, what, what, what's her defense, you know? Seriously,
3: how's she going to prove it otherwise? No, I didn't. She says... Uh, or he finishes here. To cut a long story short, a similar incident a week later revealed to me the truth. It was, in fact, her who had pissed the bed and not me. I never saw her again. Cheers, Tim. You know, I, Wait I, a I,
2: minute. So it was her?
3: Well, he doesn't go into any detail. But he says it was her. So maybe he hooked up with her again. She spent the night again because they're slumber buddies. He had a slumber right, party, right. and uh, she peed the bed again.
2: Maybe she's actually getting up in the night while he's sleeping and has some fetish and about peeing on, the water. peeing on him. It could be. You never know. Have
3: you ever actually had, you know been with a girl who peed the bed? Lots of girls can't hold their urine.
2: I've not, but I know of recently um, someone that you know as well. who P-Town. Uh, not doesn't, <laughs> doesn't live here anymore. Um, moved back to uh, Salt Lake City had an incident where uh, it was disputed the next day as to who peed the bed.
3: Oh, okay, there an actual argument that yeah, started over Yeah, it.
2: And, and they both deny it and blame the other?
3: Were they both wet?
2: Yeah, they were both wet. Okay, so they and, both... And I heard the smell was pretty bad. Oh, Jesus, dude. Yeah. It was probably him. It was probably him, but you know, the fact that they're both blaming each other... Yeah. Makes it even it better you, story. It, It's
3: such a great it's such a great thing to have a fight over. You know, it's you just like you the, know your relationship's hanging by a thread yeah. when you're arguing about who peed the bed. Uh thank you for uh writing in there, Tim and Robert. Uh send us an email sick and wrong podcast at hotmail.com. dot com. Finally here, if you haven't already, go join the Sick and Wrong forum. It's a damn fine place to be. You know uh there there what's interesting about it, it's like you find out you know like all the memes that circulate around the internet? Like all those weird videos that everyone sends you. I usually find out about them first on the forum because they're just like some hardcore internet trolls that belong just to the Sikaron forum that yep. just know everything on that forum. I think I'm one of them. So, uh, people, if you join up for the forum, make sure you post messages. Don't be a lurker. There, right now, there's like over 700 people. Are you on the forum there, I've Kevin? been to the forum,
2: D. You've checked it out before? I definitely have. But I was... The lurker. You're a lurker. Just lurking. Were you intimidated to post, or were you just kind of like, I, I just don't care. You know, the st- the, the, the posts down there are so I- intriguing that I'm like, I'm a little embarrassed. I don't have much to say at the time.
3: Okay, so you know, you feel you couldn't measure yeah, up. Yeah, I think it's the jet lag, dude. Just, just try it. Throw throw, throw the comment out there. See what happens. Uh, people, subscribe to the show on iTunes, please. Leave us a comment and give it five stars. We have like 63 comments. We're on the third page for comedy podcasts riding that rocket. Thank you, everybody, for leaving a comment on iTunes. Also, it's a new month, so uh, if you get a chance, go give us a vote at a podcast alley. And finally, I just made new stickers. I have new T-shirts on the way. I know I owe a couple care packages to some listeners out there, so uh, you'll be getting them soon. And before Christmas, you can buy a new Sick and Wrong T-shirt for a loved one, like your mother. And uh, finally here for Sick and Wrong Song of the Week comes courtesy of Architect Mark. He says, Lance and D. Your podcast is pretty funny. Up until now, I've been too lazy to send you any shit, but I'm bored. So here goes. I think the attached song may be worthy of the sick and wrong song of the week. What makes it so wrong for me is that it's sent to a Barney the Dinosaur tune. I'd give it a 3.5 on the sick and wrong brown star scale. The group is called Loonies, and the song is She's Just a Freak. Enjoy. Have you ever heard the song I Got Five on
2: it? Oh, of course I have. The same, yeah. same
3: group here, the Loonies. Oh, excellent. You know, and, and the I Got Five on is kind of like an anthem for Oakland. I actually kind of dig the band, but I'd never heard this song. And the Barney the Dinosaur tune he's referring to is, you know, the, I Love You. Of course. You Love Me. So, so they do their own take on it. Definitely worthy of Sick and Wrong Song of the Week. The song's called She's Just a Freak, and we're going to end the show with it. You finally, here he says, and one other thing, it cracks me up when you guys talk about emos. They're just a pack of cunts. Cheers, architect Mark. <laughs> so, uh, thank you, Mark, for singing that song. And the second song of the week we're going to end the show with is She's Just a Freak by Loonies. People, we'll be back next week with uh, episode 148. We're doing that milestone 150. I'd like to thank uh, the captain here, Captain Carl, for coming in. Do you, do you have a big flight? Are you out of town like tomorrow?
2: You, you know what? No, I'm going to be hanging out for a couple of days. Okay, so you'll be yeah, here for I'm a couple see days. The sights, maybe ride the trolley.
3: And smoke, some of, smoke some of that shitty weed I gave you?
2: Yeah. I might maybe uh, put some salvia in there, just, uh, but, for, put, just, just for an extra added experience. Dude, try
3: smoking a couple bong hits of salvia and fly a plane. I want to see what happens. Do you think it's possible? No. Okay. <laughs> you probably shouldn't do it. Well, but uh, thank you, Captain, for uh, get, filling in Good to be here, Dave. You know, to be and here. Uh, we'll, we'll find out what happened to Wackerly next week. We'll be back next week with episode 148. Until then, take it <laughs> easy.
0: Uh oh everybody yeah, hey, what's up, nigga yeah, cool, hey, come here get some of this shit. It's yeah, cool. cool. Come here, it's what's cool, up? Oh, fuck that, it ain't cool. Wait, wait, for your wait, 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 man? wait, 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 I thought you me. you you Look, you fuck me. We had one badass ass orgy with a dick in your Bitches be loving how I dick them. when I get them in the mood. The fuck? They hug up on my nuts and lick them. They break me off cash flow. Any damn thing I ask for. So a nigga paid up the asshole. Some fools be thinking they got to a winner like Bruce Jenner. But Joe tender is letting every nigga run up in her. Most of the tricks I pick up like to get fucked. Cause the bitches, the bitches, A hoe is a quick nut. Like this slut named Kim, I knew. She fucked me, fucked him, and she fucked all of them too. So we worked the train on her and left the nuts, stains on on her neck looking like a gold chain owner. Don't no free hide who hoochie put in five two, even though she popped that coochie like a hoe from Two Live Crew. So if you bump it through this bitch on the streets and you like the pussy deep nigga speak because she just a free. you, you fuck me. We had one fat ass orgy with a dick in your mouth. The bitches, the bitches, the hoes, the quickness Well I been rollin' through your cup, motherfuck Yo, what's up, it's that little nigga yuck And I don't give a fuck Rollin' through your neighborhood, motherfucker Yo, it's me, the capital KL To the E-C, it's just for them hoes And the trick-tramp sluts All these stupid bitches on my motherfucking nuts All up on my nuts Cause the niggas gettin' richer Didn't mean to hit ya, hope you get the picture Back sprint. in 91, you was a little bit stuck up, Acting like you didn't have time for the fuck Walk the halls with that little switch Trying to play that rope, but you ain't nothing but a bitch A bitch show my dick, cause you hoes make me sick Come and get a lick of the dick, stupid trick Caught you in the mix with the fix, turning tricks Fucking one nigga, why you lickin' two dick, she's up freak I fuck you, you fuck me Is a bitch bitches, a hope is a quick yeah. Dick up and hiccup, bitch. But don't stick up your nose, cause you don't look shit like Info. Host taxied around them gold ones, acting like they don't fuck. No one be the master like Shogun. At the hot tubs, making the gang away. waves. Hoeing the cunt, doing stunts like Super Day. Baller, skuller, the human giraffe, no joking that ass. Be deep throwing niggas on the quick bass with no whip left. you see me putting it, but couldn't it be cool? Won't buy your assy food when we cruise. You lose. She give niggas blues like 505, don't ask why. I guess that stank bitch is a fall guy. You got no bucks, you can't fuck. Well, that's how I put it. See- Got that hoe on tape, straight footage The same bitch that wouldn't speak Was on the TV screen sucking everybody mean Because she just a freak I fuck you, you fuck me We had one fat ass 4G With a dick in your mouth and put up in your cunt Ain't the motherfuckin' She's just a freak fuck you, you fuck me A bitches, a bitch, a hoe is a quick nut. I fucked you, you fucked me, we had one bad.